to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, you got a Bible this morning? Trying to wait till the return of the two ushers, but we'll start. Praise God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. No, go to Mark chapter 9 first. We've got to reverse. Ah, oh, there they are. Thank God. I was going to have to sing another song if you guys didn't come out. Praise God. So everybody's happy that you showed up. Yes, good. Thank you very much. All right, Mark chapter 9, are you there? Look at verse 1. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God come with what? Power. Now notice, this just tells us a couple things. First of all, it tells us that the kingdom of God is not going to come when Jesus comes back the second time. It tells us the kingdom is not going to come when you die and go to heaven. It tells us that the kingdom of God is already here. Because he said there was people standing there that day who were going to see the kingdom of God. But notice the kingdom of God was going to come with what? Power. Power. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 20. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but the kingdom of God is in what? Power. Power. Now, we've been talking about the kingdom of God and entering into the kingdom of God. If you are born again, you have entered into the kingdom of God. If not, you need to be born again and enter into the kingdom of God. But since most of us here have done that and did that already, we've been talking about what came with you when you entered the kingdom of God. The peace of God came with the kingdom of God when you were born into it. It's not something you have to pray for, search for, get. You have the peace of God. He said, peace I give you, peace I leave with you. Joy you already have. It's on the inside of you. Joy belongs to you. It came to you with the kingdom of God. It's not something you've got to seek. It's not something you've got to pray for. You already have the joy of the Lord on the inside of you. How do I walk in that joy? Well, the Bible says to rejoice in the Lord always. Now, notice it doesn't say rejoice in your circumstances. It doesn't say rejoice in your possessions. It says rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. And what does that do? It rejoices you. Say rejoice. rejoice. Now, if you stay joiced, you'll never have to re. Are you following me? But some of us lose our re, don't we? So we have to rejoice. So how are we going to do that? We're going to rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. Always. I mean, healing belongs to someone in the kingdom of God. It's not an outside blessing of God. It's not something he offers later on. It's not something he might or not give you. You have been healed the day that you got into the kingdom of God, and healing belongs to you. That's a possession that I want to hang on to. I want to hang on to my peace. I want to hang on to my joy. I want to hang on to my prosperity. All these things came to me as a possession when you entered the kingdom of God. Just like when you became a citizen of the United States, you got certain rights. You didn't have to pray and ask the president for them. How many you are glad? Because you probably wouldn't have got them anyway. Right, so they came to you, they're, they're rights that belong to you, and we'll fight for our rights, won't we, in the natural? Well, we need to fight for our rights in the spiritual, but here's something added to it. Here it says the kingdom of God is in something called power. Say power. power. So if I'm a citizen of God, when I got born into the kingdom of God, I now have something called power. 
The word power there is the word dunamis. It is basically the word for dynamite in the natural realm. So when you got born of the kingdom of God, basically then you also received power. Say power. I've seen people pray for power. I've seen people beg for power. I've seen pastors desire power. They don't understand that they already have power. It's already in their life. It's something you gave me. People said, well, I can't see it. Well, how many of you have ever seen your spleen? Come on. I mean, you believe you got one. All right, well, then come on now. We want to believe natural things that we've never seen before, but we don't want to believe spiritual things. He says here, basically, the kingdom of God comes in power. Say power. So I've got power. So how am I going to walk in the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is living in righteousness, right alignment with the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the... And how many know the Holy Ghost might have something to do with the power that you have on the inside of you? So I want to live my life in righteousness and peace and joy. That's why I've been preaching so much on peace and joy, because if you've got power and you've got peace and joy, you don't, can't do anything with it anyway. It's worthless to you. Be the most powerful person in the world when you're stressed out and worrying. You can't operate in the power of God. That's why you've got to stay in right alignment with Him. You've got to forgive when you don't feel like it. You've got to praise God when you don't feel like it. You've got to love your neighbor as yourself when you don't feel like it. You've got to do all these things because you're walking in a realm then of the Holy Ghost where there's power in your life, and this power is God's power itself, and everybody's looking for power. Whether they know it or not, everybody is. That's why everybody goes after money, why they think it gives them power. Well, it does in certain instances, but it does in a lot of other things, and that's false power. That's why it's called the almighty dollar. Come on, why is that? Because people worship the almighty dollar rather than the almighty God. I mean, Jesus knew what he was doing when he put the Bible together. Praise God, he did a good job with that. So, yeah, so we've got power. Say, I've got power. Now, when I started to discover this way back in the early 1900s that I had power, which I didn't believe because at that time I didn't have power, the leaders had power, the pastors had power, the priests had power, the people on TV had power, and I was just trying to get them to lay their hands on me so that I would get the power because that's what they were teaching and that's what they were doing and everybody got there well, it was hard for me to get there through the tv you know whenever they did it at the tv i'd put my head up there i'd try to get the power and all i got was a hot head because the tube sometimes gets warm when it's playing up there and I, and I wasn't really getting anything but nobody had ever told me and people would say well you have the same power jesus does well that was ridiculous we're talking about jesus jesus the whole the real life jesus power so I had trouble believing that. So then the Lord came to me and he says, start studying the life of someone else who you don't put up so high as Jesus right now. And he said, try Paul. I said, that's a good one. I mean, I was a wreck before I got born again. And Paul was a greater wreck than I was. <laughs> Come on, he was taking people in prison. He was locking them up. He was doing everything. So let me study the life of Paul. I think I'm probably ahead of him right now. And I just got born again because he did a lot more worse things than I did. So I started studying the life of Paul, and I started studying power. So go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1, look at verse 5. Paul says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And we became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of who? Holy the Holy Ghost. So here's Paul talking. He says, my gospel that I preach is not just in word. Remember, the kingdom of God is not in word only, but it is also in power. So Paul's saying, when I preach the word of God, basically power was there to back up that word. Now that go with Mark 16, it says that the disciples went forth 
preaching the word and the Lord accompanying their word with signs and wonders following. So the word that they were preaching dictated what signs followed. If they preach you are sick and going to die, how many know signs would have followed? See? So it depends what they were preaching in order for the signs to follow. One thing we've done in the church a lot is we preach a gospel of hope and God is not responsible for backing up a gospel of hope. He's not a hope God. He's a faith God. Are you following? So anybody that tells you that you hope that God's going to heal you someday is not going to help you. What's going to help you is the gospel that says he already healed you 2,000 years ago. Now I'm believing that I'm healed rather than I'm hoping to get healed sometime. See, all hope is like a carrot, you know, in, fr in front of a donkey. It's there, and the donkey's always chasing it, and you're always chasing your healing and the anointing, and it just stays out in front of you because you can't catch up with it, not understanding that Jesus already provided everything for you, and it already belongs to you right now. So power belongs to you, not tomorrow, not next week. Right now, power is in your life, peace is in your life, joy is in your life, and it's a dunamis power of God that's already in your life. So his word that he preached was not only the word, and we preach the word, and people preach the word, but sooner or later you've got to back up that word with power, praise God. Hallelujah. And that's what the kingdom's all about. It's about power. People are argue with their word, but they won't argue with your power. Remember the, remember the one blind guy? Uh, Jesus healed him, and he's walking around, and they come up to him and says, who was this guy that healed you? How did he do it? What did he do? How did he do it? How did he heal you? He says, I don't care how. I was blind, and now I can see. So let's get down to basics here. I can see again. I don't care where he's from. I don't care how he did it. I don't know what he did. I just know I got results, and I don't care. Praise. I don't care what he wore. I didn't care what denomination he was. I didn't care whether he was white or black. I got to see, and I don't care. Praise God. But the religious people, oh, God, that hurt. The religious people always want to know why and how come, and it shouldn't happen to him, and he shouldn't be operating in power, and he shouldn't be doing it. Look at him. He doesn't look like a person with power. He doesn't wear a suit. He's not on national TV. He doesn't have a church of 5,000,252 people. It just shouldn't be that way, praise God. But no, no, no. That has nothing to do with the power that you have. Your acknowledgement of the power that you have will allow the power to activate in your life and operate in other people's life. So he says, my gospel, good news, had power. Say power. All right, go to Acts chapter 19. Well, I thought, gee whiz, if his gospel brought power, then I want to preach his gospel because it seems like he had a lot of power behind his gospel that he preached. And if I can find out what gospel he preached and preach that gospel, then the power in me will back up the gospel that I preached that Paul preached. Too deep? This is all logical. All right, Acts chapter 19. Let me go now. Let me give me a little time here. <laughs> give me a few. Give me a few minutes. <laughs> Acts chapter 19. Look at verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And they heard this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid his hands upon him, the Holy Ghost came upon him, and they spake with tongues, and they prophesied. And all the men were about twelve, and he spake unto the synagogue, and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning what? Oh, you mean Paul preached the kingdom of God. My God, what a revelation. Apparently the seminary I went to forgot that Paul preached the kingdom of God because they never preached anything on the kingdom of God. 
But here it says, Paul, for three months, say three months. months. You know, if we started today and we started preaching on the kingdom of God every day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for three months, I'd be the only one here after four days. I'd have to say, and the kingdom of God is here. Amen. See, things were different back then, weren't they? Things were a little bit different back then. People wanted to know what was going on. Their life stunk. They wanted something to happen. Here he comes along preaching the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God is good, how it's great. And notice, once he preached the kingdom of God, there are signs and wonders that followed because these people who never prophesied before started prophesying. These people that never spoke in tongues before started speaking in tongues out of nowhere. So apparently there was power behind that gospel that touched their lives and manifested something that was in them. Say, in them. And what was in them started coming out of them. They just started prophesying. They probably never heard the word prophesy in their entire life. They certainly didn't know anything about tongues. And all at once he lays hands on them. They probably couldn't even control their own mouth, praise God. Why is that? Because there was power involved, and the gospel was the gospel basically of the kingdom, say the kingdom, of God. And notice what it says in verse 8. And he went to the synagogue and spake boldly in the space of three months, disputing and persuading. That means they did not receive the kingdom message very good. They wanted to argue with him. They wanted to get mad at him. And logically, if you preach the kingdom of God, people are going to get mad at you. Because to tell someone they're sick, that they're healed, doesn't exactly make a lot of sense. Do you see? But they don't understand that you are a citizen of a kingdom with the privilege and right of a healed person. So you can live in the kingdom and in the Holy Ghost, or you can live in the world. And the world says you're sick, and you're really sick. And you go to the doctor, and what's he going to tell you? Well, you're sick. You're sick. You go to any, any physician, you're sick. Why? Because they say that. But notice, healing belongs to us, and it's something you have to hang on to. It's not easy to do. God, peace isn't easy. Joy, my God. It's hard to find a Christian with joy. We're all walking around the same way. Saved? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got the joy? Oh, glory. I got the joy. Praise God. When's the last time you smiled? 1918. I smiled one time. Somebody bought me an ice cream cone, and I was just so excited about it. People ought to be able to experience the joy that's on the inside of you when you walk into a room, when you walk up to somebody. They ought to know you're carefree and worry-free and something the matter with you, praise God. And you can tell them what symptoms you have. I'm happy. I'm joyful. I have peace. Oh, look what's going on. I have peace. I have joy. Because I want to stay in righteousness, peace, and joy. And I want to stay in the... Because that's what allows the power of God that was put on the inside of me in there. So as I looked at the life of Paul, I said, wow, that's really interesting. All right, look at Acts chapter 20. Look at verse 24. Paul says, but none of these things move me, neither count I life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. Say joy. Now, how many of you know he had plenty of chances to lose his joy? He was in jail several times. He was shipwrecked how many times? He was beaten how many times? That'll take your joy away, brother. All right. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among you I have gone preaching the Kingdom. kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Okay, what did Paul preach? The kingdom of God and also the gospel of grace. Say grace. Now watch. The gospel of grace. What's grace? We were saved by, through faith, not of ourselves. It was the gift of, so was salvation a gift? Was it a freebie? Was it paid for? All we had to do is receive it. Now, the gospel of grace does not switch to the gospel of works after you enter the kingdom of God. 
Everybody wants to qualify for their healing. Everybody wants to try to get their healing. Everybody wants to suffer for their healing. They want to fast for their healing. They want to do all these things for their healing. Healing belongs to you. You are healed by grace through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of? You have peace by? Through? Not of yourselves. It's a gift of? Come on, you have joy by? See? But we want to work for it, don't we? What do I got to do to get the joy? Maybe if I play that song and jump up and down a little bit, maybe that'll do. No, you just get tired. See? All these things belong to you. Joy is mine. This joy I have, we sing, the world can't take it from me. Oh, but it does. Takes it from everybody. It steals it from you. The devil comes to take your joy. He don't want you living in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost because if you do, the problem is you'll start to operate in power. When you operate in power, everything he put on people and did to people gets broke off of them. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He already destroyed them. We're here to enforce the works that were destroyed by Jesus himself with the power that he already gave us. So we've got power. Say, I've got power. Say, I may not feel like it. May not look like it to you. But I have power. All right, go to Romans 15. Thank God for power. All right, Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 17. We're still studying good old Paul. I mean, at least Jesus didn't have to knock me up beside the head and blind me in order to get me in the kingdom. You got to do that to Paul. <laughs> All right. Look at verse 17. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare speak of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about Acherium, I have fully preached, say fully preached. Fully. Say it again, fully preached. Fully. Notice, I fully preached the gospel of God. Now notice, most places and most people only know part of the gospel, not the fully gospel. We know the word, but we don't know the spirit. We don't know the power that's behind it. And here's Paul. Paul comes out and says, hey, I don't want to glory in what anybody else did. I want my own track record. I want, I want to do some things so people know what I did and what I did. I want to do them for myself. I've read books on Smith Wigglesworth. I'll tell you what, he did some marvelous, awesome things, and that's great for him, but I want to have my own track record. Come on, I went to Benny Hens for a year, and he was healing people and delivering people, and that was great, but I want my own track record. I want to have my own record of whose, whose life I touched with the power of God and who I changed with the power of God and who, who got changed by the power of God. I want to have my own track record of that stuff. It's great, those guys. It's good to read about those things, but when I share, I want to share about what I did with the power of God that God gave me. Come on now. And it's all right to share those other things, but I want to have my own track record, praise God. And God wants you to start a track record. I don't care if you release your power on a hangnail and it gets healed. That's the start of your track record. Write down hangnail, a 22, I healed a hangnail, praise God. Put it up on your wall, and a nose, stuffy nose, okay, stuffy nose. Start your track record there, because sooner or later you're going to go back to those things. See? I understood and found out the power of God when I was studying it, but I found out by accident, because I was not a leader. I was just an average Tom. Thought I was going to say Joe, didn't you? No, I was an average Tom. I couldn't have been an average Joe. I'm a Tom, praise God. 
so, so what happened? Praise God. I go to a meeting and all the leaders are up there praying for everybody. Hallelujah. And I'm just standing there and praise God. And all at once they don't have enough because there's so many people out there. And they called me up front to lay hands and Vinny was beside of me on the right. And praise God, I get a man, somebody with a hole in their heart comes up. And I say, oh, great. This will be good. You know, Anybody out there with a sore throat? No? So I did what everybody else did. I didn't know. At least I did something. Do you understand? That's what happens. At least I did something. So I closed my eyes. That's what you do. And I got my hand ready to go. I want to put it on him. And I started bringing it up. And the power of God hit him, knocked him right on the floor. Never even touched him. I heard thump. And I went. And the first thing I said was, this thing's loaded. My God, I better put this... Put this thing away. Some are going to be getting hit with this thing before it's over with. I got some power in here. And that was the first demonstration of power through my life. It was accidental, but it showed me that I had some power somewhere along the line. So I went back, and I go to the post office, and I got a friend who's working at the post office. He says, my little boy has had a fever now for 20 days. He's been to four different doctors. Nobody can get that fever off of him. And, of course, I said, bring him here. Hey, hole in the heart, man. You're talking about a fever. Give me a break. See, one hand be tied behind my back, stand on one foot. So what did they do? They brought the little boy. I put my hand on him. I said, get off of him. You don't belong on him. Game back to him. Fever left, and that's all there was to it. I said, but this is fun. Praise God. This worketh this. I've been going to church for 35 years, and nobody ever told me about any of this stuff. They just told me to be a good little boy, and I couldn't even do that. But I found out there was power on the inside of me, and I wanted a track record. I wanted to fully preach the gospel if I was going to preach the gospel. I didn't want to half preach it. I don't want to work you up, then send you away and tell you that I've got all the power. I'm telling you, you've got the power on the inside of you because you've got the same Holy Ghost that everybody else has on the inside of you. And let me tell you, it's the same one Jesus has. And Jesus did it by the Holy Ghost also. See, so now I'm with Paul, and I'm seeing Paul's doing pretty good here, praise God. I'm going to stick with Paul. He's doing good. It's happening and everything in my life. So what happened? All at once I started getting excited about revival. And it's just that time that revival hit this area. And I'll tell you, there was a fire on the inside of me. I'm telling you what, it was just, it burns on the inside of you. And, 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 then, and then it gets a little bit less, and then it gets a little bit more. Then it gets a little bit less, but it never goes out. It's there. And then you run into somebody else who has the same fire. And oh, my God, look out. You could talk to them for 70 days and 70 nights about the Lord, about the glory. You're not hearing any, well, I tried to get God to do this, but he didn't do it. God heals sometimes, but sometimes God don't heal at all. And sometimes he's a good guy, sometimes it. So I started operating the power of God. I started flowing in the power of God. I didn't, and, then, and once you get in the power of God and you really believe you got it, the Holy Ghost will use you in different ways. So, so we're in the building over there behind Body Talk, where we were. That was our landmark before we came here. Everybody knew where it was. Sorry to say, but they did. So we're there, and people are coming up to get prayer after the service one time, and some young lady comes up, and she was totally depressed. I mean, she was so depressed you could see it. Yeah. I mean, she was depressed, and I'm really laying hands on everybody, and all at once, Holy Ghost said, smack her. And I didn't even think, thank God, because how many know I wouldn't have? Because I just did it. I was going along, I would smack, hit her right across the face, and I put the whole place went, <gasps> And she staggered back a few feet, and she said, I'm full of the joy of the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Anybody feel depressed in here this morning? <laughs> Just checking. 
But you don't do that. Then you don't set a pattern of everybody I run into depressed, I'm going to smack across the face because that's the way God does it. No, God knows what they do. Smith Migglesworth used to punch people in the stomach who had stomach cancer. He'd just walk up and punch them as hard as they could. They'd fall down on the floor and spit up or whatever. And people said, that, that how can you walk along and hit people? He says, I ain't hitting people. I'm hitting the devil in them. So I see the devil in there, and I hit that thing and drive him right out of there. Well, now, you don't want to do that without unsupervised stuff. There are things you shouldn't do unless the Spirit of God is speaking to you strongly to do those things. But the Spirit of God will start leading you in different ways. And sometimes you'll just speak to people and the power of God will fly on the inside. Sometimes you'll lay hands on people. The power of God will flow on the inside of you. And it was for healing signs and wonders. But I found out through revival that this fire on the inside of me will re-revive somebody else who needs revived. And it will vive those who've never been vived to be revived. In order to be revived, you had to be vived at one time. You can't revive somebody who don't even have a vibe. Are you following me? That's why it's called revival. Everybody thinks, you know, we're going to get the lost saved. And all that's good, but there's everybody there from all the churches. If you go there, you're looking to get revived if you need a little fire in you. Don't look around and say, boy, I hope they get saved. I go, you can pray for them, but I'll tell you what, God's trying to revive people. Because the people in the church and the kingdom of God who understand the power of God and the anointing of God and the things of God, we're going to change this thing around here, praise God. One by one, if that it takes. Two by two, five by five. That's what we do because the spirit of God is on the inside of us and the power of God's on the inside of us. Vinny, who's been with me for years. How? Somebody accidentally brought him to the prayer meeting when I was there. And he walked in in the back brace and was going to have surgery on Thursday. And we were laying hands on people. First time he ever saw it, he starts heading back. He was not running up for help. He was, you know. This looks, like, this looks like fun. Yeah, everybody's, everybody, everybody's, this looks like a good time. Everybody, no, he never saw anything like that before. So, of course, I went. And he came up and got up there and didn't even get to me. The power of God hit him, knocked him down. His back was completely healed, never had surgery on it, never did anything else. How many know if that kind of stuff works, people will stick with you? You know, even Jesus cast how many devils out of that one ladies, and those ladies then ministered to her of, his, of their substance. So basically cast the devil out, and she must have had a lot of money, started throwing it in his ministry. How many know that works out pretty good? Because the ministry should be surprised. So you've got deliverance here, and you've got money coming in there. You don't have to worry about either one. That's the way God works. But if you never use your power on anybody, come on now, you've got power on the inside of you this morning. It's already yours. Now you just got to preach the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Hey, God will heal you right now. I'm not telling you next Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. No, right now. It belongs to you. It's yours if you're in the kingdom of God. This is yours, praise God. And peace they've already got. And joy they've already got. And power they've already got. All right, go to Acts chapter 1. Thank you. Thank you, praise God. Glory to God. Somebody's getting it. I like that. Yeah. All right, Acts chapter 1, look at verse 8. Jesus is speaking, he says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now this was written to you if you're born again. He says after you're born again, you shall receive power. Notice it doesn't say you shall receive a goosebump. It doesn't say you shall receive a feeling. It says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And notice, you will not go witnessing anymore. You will be a witness. 
So you've all gone witnessing, got some kind of thing. But when you be a witness, not only are you witnessing with a track, but you're proving that track's true when you give it to them. You're operating in the power of God. Now you are a witness. How many know in order to be a good witness, you need evidence? Nobody's going to call you off the street if you don't have any evidence and put you on the stand and you don't know nothing. No, if we're witnesses, we have evidence of what's going on. So what does Jesus do? He immediately goes to his disciples and he says, I know tell you what I want you to do. Go out, heal the sick, cast out the devil, and preach the kingdom of God. He gets 70 together. He says, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Go out, heal the sick, cast out the devil, and preach the kingdom of God. And the church has not even gone out or not even preached the kingdom of God. And they wonder why there's nothing happening in the earth realm. Because we've got to follow what God wants done, and God backs up His, His Word. Say His Word. His Say again, word. His, word. His Word. And there's so many sermons out there that take you back to a place you've started to come out of. You know, they try to get your identity to be a somebody that's not your identity. Job. They try to make you out to be Job and to come out of your Jobness. But you're not Job anymore. You've been born again, and you're not in that Job situation. The only place you're in that is in your brain because you haven't come out of it with renewing of the Word of God. So you're a loser, and you're this, and you're that, and all. No, you're not. That's a lie of the devil. All them people in the Old Testament had their issues, and they can keep them. Well, I don't want any of Job's problems. Good for him. But that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm not a Job. I'm not even a Paul. Come on, that's not our pattern. Our pattern is a new creation, and everything that we got is of God. So that's who we are. We're victorious in everything we do and everything we come to, praise God. We're full of the power of God. We're full of the anointing of God. We've got authority in our lives, praise God, because God gave us that authority that belongs in our lives. And it's time to bring yourselves up. Don't let anybody pull you back and tell you what God's going to do for you to bring you out of your Jobness if you just press the end. He already did it. He's not going back to the cross again. Once was enough. He's already delivered us. He already healed us. He already set us free. And it's time to start walking in that. And when you do, the power of God will be right there. Right there all the time, praise God. And you walk by somebody and brush them and all at once. What was that? Oh, nothing. Just walking by you. Happened to bump into you. And you lay your hands on somebody. You may feel the power going out or you may feel nothing. But all at once they go, And you say, what's the matter? I felt the power of God. You didn't feel nothing, but you got the power. See? And it's a lot harder to believe when you don't feel those feelings are tough, aren't they? We don't like those feelings, do we? No, we'd rather do the feelings than we'd rather do anything else, praise God. And it's available to us. Notice, several weeks ago, we talked on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people in here didn't pray in tongues. We went around, we prayed for people, and they started speaking in tongues. Now, they didn't start speaking in tongues because God gave them that gift that day. They had the gift on the inside of them. It was available to them, but because they were ignorant... And didn't know about it, the word was preached out of the kingdom of God that it's the language that belongs to you, and you just started expressing what you already had on the inside of you that you were ignorant of what you had. It's the same way now in the kingdom of God with power. You may be ignorant of the power, you may be praying for the power, you may be hoping for the power, you may be coming to church for the power, but you've already got the power. And we want to put our faith in the power of God. Well, where's the power of God? It's on the inside of each and every one of us right now if you're born again, spirit-filled Christian. You have power on the inside of you, and it's more power than you could ever even imagine, more than you ever dreamed of. It's already on the inside of you, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to first, oh, go to Colossians chapter 1. there uh, last night and uh, 
really enjoyed just sitting there relaxing, you know, sometimes just good to sit there and do nothing. And everybody came up, you know, and they prayed and they did everything, which was good. But there's one pastor, I don't even know what his name is, who got up. And as soon as he got up, something jumped. You know, like the baby leapt in Mary's womb or whatever at that time. Well, something jumps. And when you know somebody who's, I don't know, just believes the way you do and operates the way you do and does the way you do, as soon as they stand up, it jumps. And I thought, I said, watch this, Becky, watch this. So instead of getting up, you know, and just praying, which is fine, and declaring, which is fine, all at once he's moving in the Holy Ghost. There is a difference. See, and he's moving in the Holy Ghost, and all at once he starts pointing, he sees people out there who the Spirit of God is touching. So he starts pointing to them and say, hey, 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 you're getting filled right now. The Spirit of God's all over you right now. And all at once what happens, they start shaking because the power of God's on the inside of them, and they start falling down. Then he goes over here, and he starts flowing in the Spirit of God and administering the Spirit of God to those people. That's, that's a place we can all come to and understand that we can minister that way and operate that way in our lives, praise God. But you grow into it. And the more you know, the more you flow. In other words, the more you know what rights you have, what belongs to you, what's there, and you become confident of it. Remember, Paul said, I preach the, God, the word of God in power and the Holy Ghost and in all assurance. So there's going to come a day in your life where you're going to be assured that you have the power. You're going to be assured that you have dominion. You're going to be assured that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. You're going to be assured that nobody's going to take your peace and joy away from you. You're going to be assured when sin tries to get in your life, you're going to get that thing out of there because you don't have to live in sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you anymore. You're in that spot anywhere. You're not in a fight with sin. You just know it. It's like a stench that tries to come on you. It's like somebody scratching on the scratch board when it comes. You just say, I ain't doing that anymore. No, I don't do that. No, I don't do I'm sorry. I don't get angry here. I'm sorry. You yelled at me. You, you cursed me. I'm going to bless you. How's that? You like that, praise God? And they don't, but that's all right. Because we do it anyway. We're following what God has told us to do. All right. Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 25. Paul says, whereof I am a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. How many of you know you're supposed to fulfill the word of God? Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. How many of you are his saints? Well, praise God. He's trying to manifest this to you, isn't he? He's trying to show you about it. Verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ, in you the hope of glory whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ so here's here's Paul he says there's a mystery now mystery is something that's there but nobody knows it so here he is he says now we're in a time in the Old Testament we didn't preach the mystery at all because they couldn't have the mystery because they weren't even a righteous people back then but now you're born again and you're righteous before God and you have the possibility of the mystery which is Christ or the Holy Ghost or God himself coming to live on the inside of you not at the second coming not when you die and go to heaven, but when you enter into the kingdom of God, he said the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he said the saints are going to reveal this mystery to the people out there who are not born again. Amen. The only problem is the church doesn't know it, so they don't do it to the people out there because they don't even know about it. God's going to be with me. That's good, but I'd rather have him in me. God's for me. That's fine, but I'd rather have him in me. You know, we say all these things, God is with me. Well, I hope he stays with you. And then when you don't get a goosebump for two days, you think he left you. You're looking for him out there somewhere. 
Where did he go? No, he's on the inside of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So Paul says, I've got a mystery for you. That mystery is Christ is going to live on the inside of people again. The Holy Ghost is going to be inside of people again so they can operate in the power of God. What are they going to do? They're going to live in victory. They're going to use their power, first of all, for themselves. I'm going to live in peace. I'm going to live in joy. I'm going to live in righteousness. I'm going to live in unity with everybody. I'm going to love everybody. I'm going to do all these things. And then the power of God flows from that. The Bible says, out of heaven shall flow out of your belly shall flow rivers. Notice, not a pond, not a dribble, not a drip, but a river. Rivers flow. They affect things. They're moving. They're doing something. So out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. Well, what's that for? Just to walk around and spray all over the place? No, we're using that. Dear Lord, people are nuts. No, we're using it for the power of God to do the kingdom of God. We're bringing just like heaven into the earth. Is there any sickness in heaven? No. So I run across sickness. Guess what? We got to get rid of that, don't we? Is there any, any, any other worry in heaven? No. So we want to get rid of that worry. We want to get rid of all these things. And we've got the power to do it on the inside of us because we are kingdom people. So there was a mystery. What was that mystery? That mystery basically was Christ was going to live on the inside of human beings once again so he could operate in the power of God. That means basically that, you know, when Adam was created, he had God in him. He had the Holy Ghost. It's just he ate that fruit, and when he does, becomes unrighteous. The Holy Ghost has got to go somewhere else. So Jesus came. What did he do? Suffer and died. And then he looks at his disciples and said, it's better for you if I go. Because if I go, I'm going to send you somebody that you're going to like, praise God. Now, when I'm in Jerusalem, you're in there, I'm with you. When you go here, I'm with you. But if I'm in Jerusalem and you're in Bethlehem, you ain't going to get nothing because I ain't there. But somebody's coming. Somebody with an advantage is coming who's going to live on the inside of you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever situation you're at, wherever it is, the Spirit of God and Christ dwells on the inside of you. And you have power 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of your life, praise God. It's on the inside, but we don't put any faith in it. See? We put faith in the problem, circumstance, issue, trouble, worldly things, but not in who's on the inside of us. I'm telling you, there's enough dynamite on the inside of you to blow any problem out of your life that you'll ever need blown out of there because Christ himself is on the inside of you. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Glory. It's all right, it's my wife, don't worry about it. She's got several get-out-of-jail-free cards. <laughs> all right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 4. Paul says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power. power of God. So here's Paul. Paul says, my preaching, not only my preaching, but even my speech, my daily speech is lined up with the kingdom of God and the word of God. And since my speech and my preaching is not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but God's women, there follows me demonstrations of the spirit and of power. How many know wherever Paul went, there was demonstrations. When he did this, Smith Wigglesworth had demonstrations of the spirit and of power. You know, if you study those books and see those books, how they just operated in the spirit of God, they, they weren't shouters, they weren't screamers, they weren't anything. They were just normal people who knew they had the power of God. 
And Smith just walk up and act like any ordinary guy, an old country boy, praise God. And he just operated in the power of God. Nothing flashy, you know, nothing fancy. He was just an ordinary person, praise God. And we are ordinary people, and we've got the power of God. Now, notice why he demonstrated the power of God. He demonstrated the power of God so people would not put their faith in him. but put their faith in the power of God that was in them. Are you following me? We, we put our faith in people. You know, they're, they're getting healed over here, so let's, you know, drive to Acapulco because they're having a healing service there. And, and some people go where there's a statue that's supposedly anointed, and they get to the statue and, and do whatever and all this stuff. But no, it's about the power of God that's already on the inside of us, is already there. But the only way people are going to live in this is if they know they've got the power rather than to just know that the person has the power. In other words, the last thing I want you to know is I have power and you don't. I don't want to be somebody looked up to with this majestic power when you've got the same thing, only you're ignorant of it. See? And it's easier to keep members if you do that. I've got all the power. I've got all the healing. You're going to die if you don't stay in this church. Because i got all the power. No, no, that's not what it's about. Revival is about walking in the power of God, walking in the anointing of God, walking in the things of God, doing demonstrations of the power, praise God. There's power on the inside of each and every one of us, and you can do demonstrations of the power. We always did demonstrations of the power just to do demonstrations of the power, to show people there were demonstrations of the power. Amen. And you will do that. The Holy Ghost will back that stuff up. He'll do it, basically. Why? Because he wants to prove to people there's power on the inside of you and power on the inside of people, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I need a, I need a real good usher. I need somebody who's really good. Anybody good in here? Do you have any good ushers? I just, need, I just want one for now. Do we have one? Ben, praise God. The best. The best. The best. Praise God. The best. Hallelujah. Say, I have power on the inside of me. Say, that power will flow. All right, uh, let's see. You know, i got to bring you up, Marie. Come here. Yes, that's right. Praise God. Just step right over here. Just take a little stance right over here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pray in the Holy Ghost if you want to. If not, you don't. Right there. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Behind You better get behind her. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added.